Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 52. I am Matt O'Leary and I'm joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing today? Good. I'm about to crack a cold one. Hopefully it isn't volcano all over me. Like last Like week? it did last week. Oh, it's just doing it. <laughs> it went up to his nose. I don't know if it went through his nose or it just fizzled up and touched his oh. nose, but either way, that was really funny. <laughs> oh, that was worse. That ended up worse. It ended up all over me. One second. Let me get something to clean that up. Oh, it's not supposed to do that. <laughs> That's not how... <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe awful. it. This is awful. What a, what a way to start a show. I, I was not even able to ask you, Mitch. What what edition are, are you going with? I'm going with, uh, it's been a year. Oh, you it's took my full thunder. <laughs> I hate okay. you so much. Because when I was hoping you were going to say a player, and I was going to say wrong, and you're going to be like, wait, what do you mean? I was going to be like, no, it's the one-year anniversary edition episode. Okay, let's rewind. I, I have a player. I do have one. Okay, right, rewind. Ahead. Let me just wipe this beer off of me here. Um, okay, go ahead. What edition is this, Mitch? Ross, like a boss, Johnston, number Wrong. 52. What? It's the one-year anniversary oh, edition. Oh, yeah, baby, one year. Can you believe we've been doing this for one year? Because I can't. Wow. I, I can't. When we started off, I didn't think we, we'd last a year because, you know, things happen. People change. People do other things. Stuff gets in the way. But we stuck at it. So long-distance high-five through video camp. And every single week, too. We were pretty consistent with it. So I'm I'm really happy with what we've done so far. Obviously, like listenership has grown and stuff like that. And we really appreciate it. So I want to start the show before we get into the topics. A, favorite moment so far, and B, plan for the future. Go, Mitch. Oh, favorite moment so far. Oh, it has to be one of our debates about things that we either like or don't like. Uh, I think it has to come down to candy bars. Okay. Right, where you like some like super gross, disgusting candy bar for no particular reason. Milky Way. That's why would you like? Who likes that except for like a nine year old? 
I need my Milky Way. True, like, I don't have teeth anymore. What? You like the Nestle Crunch, you bum. I like Snickers. And sorry, Crispy Crunch. That's those are my two, but Crispy Crunch. Yes, you're right. That's my number one fave. It's a perfect. That's a perfect candy bar. Lame. All right. What about looking for the future? Like, what do I want going forward? With or the show, what, not like in life in general. Where is this going like to end up? Where? Yeah. Where do you? If we're doing this again in a year, so episode, in a year from what now, is that one oh four. One oh four. What is one oh four going to look like? Uh, we'll probably still be as mad as ever because this team still probably won't be very good. But I think we'll be more confident in where it's going to end up. Whereas when we started last year and kind of even where we are now, we're confident where it's going, but we're not so sure because we haven't seen it played out. At least next by this time next year, we'll have that full year under our belts of what Lou is actually doing. So I'm looking forward to that over the next 52 weeks. For me, my favorite moment so far has to be the live show. I thought that was oh, a lot of fun. Yes. And the... We were able to raise money for America's Vet Dogs, and that was obviously for a really good cause, and we appreciate everyone who came out to that and who are still listening to us today. That was really awesome. So hopefully we do another and live show in the future, and that's going to be my looking for the future thing. For next year, hopefully we have another live show under our belts. Okay, well, we'll have to talk about that because I'm consolidating the dates. I know a date I'm coming. I just have to um, actually book things, and then I'll be there. So we could talk about that off air even today if you want. Ooh, okay. Yeah, big big things are coming, Eyes on Isles ways. Yes, definitely. So we just want to do a little f- quick trip down memory lane there as we've been doing this for a year. So thank you for sticking with us. And let's get into the Islanders, Mitch. First topic on the board today is an entry-level contract. Noah Dobson signs his yes. ELC. Your mm-hmm. thoughts, good sir? Oh, excited. Who can't be excited about this? Right? Who's going like, well, I don't think this is really a good idea because uh, I have no sense about anything. Who would not like this? This is perfect. This is exactly what we want from the Islanders is that they're locking up their guys, their future, sooner rather than later. They're not leaving it up for debate. They're not leaving it up to a Jimmy VC type thing, although it's not necessarily the same situation. Um, they're, they're getting business done. Yeah. How do you think? Like, what, what was your feeling about it? I, I agree with you. I did see one take on Twitter. I'm not going to say who it was from because I don't want to embarrass them. I, I don't think it was from anyone like reputable or Isles Twitter famous, but still I saw it. It was like, why would they give him three years if he's never played an NHL game before? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, always like every ELC is three years. That's uh, what they, yeah, like, honestly, that's what they do. Oh, God, Jesus. Some people, Jesus needs to go to that person and be like, listen, son, I don't know what you were thinking with that tweet, but you got to delete that. Delete. Yeah, that's one that you're going to get old takes exposed on. So you, you want to get rid of that one. <laughs> Most def. Uh, but I, I'm i excited about it. I don't think this is where I wanted to go with the conversation. Yeah. I don't think he makes a roster this year. <sighs> no, I don't think so either. I don't think you that's paused. really the play. Yeah, because I... When you think about it, you're going, what's his competition really? Devin Tays, right? Yeah, but I guess I you might put Van de Sample over him or Aho because they've been there longer. Is that really like if if talent if they have talent, they're gonna put talent in the roster. Yeah. Right? And if he's better, if I assume he's going to camp, right? Yes, he's going um, to camp. So 
he'll be there. And if he has a good camp and he stands out from the Vandesamples, the Quenvilles, the Ajos, and the Taves, I guess I, I multiplied them, but there's only really one of each. Uh, why wouldn't he? Because he's going to be the seventh guy? No, no. That's what you have Adam Pellick and Scott Mayfield for. He yes. now becomes number six. Like it, It's possible. There's there's a scenario where, like, if, if I'm going to play Doctor Strange, there's like 14 million scenarios, and one of them ends up in the NHL this year. The other 14, or I guess 13.9 million, he ends up in the OHL, or QMJHL next year. I think they end up sending him back to juniors. I don't think that's necessarily like a bad thing. No, or absolutely not. A detriment to him. I just think like look, it helped with Barzal. It could mm-hmm. potentially it looked like it helped with Bellows last year. And it could potentially work again with, with Dobson. And defenders usually take longer. That's, that's like the, the cliche. Absolutely right. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Like look how long it took Ryan Pulak. Although injuries kind of played a part in that. You know, probably delayed him what, a year, maybe. And he two? probably should have been here in twenty sixteen, seventeen. Let's be real. That absolutely. was utterly ridiculous. That was stupid. Yeah, he should have been here easily. But um, I don't know. I, I really do see a scenario where he could make the NHL. I'm not banking on it. I think he goes back. He Again, he put up 69 points in 67 games last year. That's insane. Or is it the other way around? Was it 67 and 69? It might have been uh, 67 and 69. I, have it right here. I don't remember off the top of my it head. It was 69 and 67, followed up by another 13 points in 20 playoff games, and another seven points in, I believe, three games for the call sorry the memorial cup okay so he puts up points another year in the qmjhl he's going to destroy and like you said with barzal that's just going to play into his confidence and bring him in next year and you got yourself a 3-4 defender on an elc yeah i definitely think that next year is more likely where we're looking at if i had to give my prediction right now i mean way way too early but the that's in the what, the business we're that's the business we're in. Dobson goes back for the year. He comes back, almost makes the roster next year. Does not make it out of camp initially, but then gets called up halfway through the year. Yeah, um, I think, no, you can't do that. You can't okay. call him back if he's in juniors. No, 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 no. He's in the he's in the AHL. Oh, next, next year. year. Sorry, playing for bridge playing for Bridgeport. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that seems. I, let's not re- in terms of like the hot scale of that take. I would I would rank it like a three out of four. I don't think it was hot at all. I think that was like a a logical oh, okay. like, absolutely, plan. totally logical, absolutely one hundred percent logical, and is probably what is going to happen. I could see it happening where he just comes in next year, straight up, right out of the camp, boom, you're in. Okay, and then I guess well, we're getting way too far into it, but I could see where yeah. A scenario where he was playing in 2019. 1920. Yeah, and, and like you're saying, it, it's hard to, to see the fit because there are so many defenders on the team already with contracts next year. Right, in 2019-20, we already have, well, all of them are signed. All of our defenders right now are signed through next year. And then if you're assuming Taves is in that mix, well, that's seven guys signed through next year. NHL caliber goalies, uh, defenders. Unless you want to make... Uh, Pellick and Mayfield, your seven and eight defenders, which I'm not necessarily against. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I wasn't really a big fan of locking those guys up for the amount of term. I know. I know. I, 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 I like this deal. Obviously, like you give him the max because he's, he's a fantastic prospect. You give him everything that you can. 
and then you watch him develop, and you actually develop him. The Islanders have been terrible in developing players for years. I assume that changes. Um, and you see what happens next season. I, I Again, I, just like you, I don't think he comes into the team this year, but next year, absolutely. And hopefully something is announced with uh, Wallstrom. Well, I don't know if they can because he plays for the NCAA. I think there are limitations there where he can't sign a contract or he forfeits or he doesn't become eligible. So f- after this season then, how about that? Because we, we know nah, he's maybe. playing yeah, sure. in the NCAA this year. So one year in the NCAA, then yeah. let's get to training camp next year. Sure. I, I think that's more plausible. And don't quote me on that that rule or that 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 eligibility criteria. I'm not familiar with NCAA eligibility criteria, but something's telling me in the back of my head that eh, I think you, you were right that. last week when we talked about this too. Yeah, I know he can't go to camp more than forty eight right. hours. So that's the that's the thing there. Noah Dobson will be in camp, has his ELC, likely playing in juniors this year, but again, if you're if you're going to any of the uh, preseason games or in training camp, you'll probably see him. Yeah, most deaf. Mitch, another positive sign for the Islanders this week. Confirmed out of the mouth of Lou Lamarillo, 2021 Belmont. It's happening. Oh, baby, yes. It just, everything keeps coming up aisles. Boom, boom. John Tavares who? Boom, boom. Belmont, yes. Um, that's That's fantastic, right? Like, Again, another thing that you can't be mad about. No one's there going, oh, well, that's probably not a good thing because they won't have time to do a lot of... No, this is great. This is fantastic for the franchise. They are moving forward. They're moving into their new future, and they're forgetting what happened in the past. It's like nation building, right? You forget all the bad stuff, and you focus on the good things, and then you obviously forget everything that bad that happened within that nation. That's how they build new fancy-dancy nations, and they forget about everything that happened in the right. back. And I think it's coming at a perfect time, too. Obviously, look, you'd rather it like as soon as possible, but I think that's a fair estimate for you know the, the planning, the great breaking of the ground, the building, the, everything, and getting everything into tip-top shape. Well, there's a whole bunch of processes ahead of that. Like Environmental assessment still isn't done yet. That's going to take forever. Um, there's still a ton of bureaucracy around, just like you said, building permits to make sure that the plans are there, to make sure that everything that is built up the code, maybe not, sorry, not built up the code, but is is squared off and all the, dot, the the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed before they actually, like you said, put a shovel in the ground. And then they actually have to build the thing, which could take, what, Belmont, not Belmont, but Barclays took two years to actually build, like physically build it, not, not talking about the bureaucracy ahead of it. Yeah, that took two years. I'm pretty sure the new Yankee Stadium and... Uh, the new city field the, where the Mets play took about two years also, maybe a little longer. So yeah. I think fair expectation was 2021 20, all along. And I think it's actually the perfect time because of something you wrote. They should be pretty darn good by that time. Mm. It's not even just about good. They should be. Like this year is probably not going to be great. Next year is going to be better. The year after that's going to be even better. That's three years out. When they're going to be good again, they'll have a brand new arena to call their own. Hockey first, no scoreboard off kilter, no bad sight lines is going to be for them. So people are going to see it as like there's going to be Islanders things all over the place instead of just some gray building. Um, They're going to have that fancy new, well, they already have the fancy new practice facility. It's going to be on Long Island, so it's not super far from the practice facility like it is now. I think it's, I did it. 
a while ago. I thought it was 11 miles from practice facility to it's the big, new arena, whereas now it's like 27 miles. If you're from miles. Long Island, which I, I'm assuming most of our listenership is from, but I do know we have. But, Probably. Uh, it's pretty much just right down Hempstead Turnpike. You're going west for a while. There's going to be traffic, but I sure it's New, York, it's New York, it's Long Island, I mean, obviously. But it's just uh, pretty much you take the same road west for roughly 11 miles. Right, and 11 miles isn't necessarily long. It's, it, it doesn't sound long anyways, and it's not. It's half. It's more than half or less than half of what it was or what it is now when you consider going from the Northwell Ice Center to Barclays, which is 27.6 miles, if I'm it not sounds mistaken. sounds about right, and you don't have to like cross any bridges or anything crazy like that. Or, you know, Exactly. So they'll have all those things in place. They're going to be a good team. They're going to be a destination again. Players are going to want to play there. And think of all the youth that they're going to have. Dobson, Wallstrom, Bo, Pulak, Sorokin, potentially, if we're to believe what, what Luz has been saying. Um, Taze, Barzal. Like, these are all guys who are going to be on the roster come three years from now and doing well. That's a good... I've named seven or eight players across the spine of the team. Forwards, wingers, defenders, goalies. Right. Up and down this roster, we have promising youth prospects, and in three years, they're going to be not in their prime, but close to either peaking or getting into their right. prime. I agree with you, because I think this year, so we'll count this as 2018, is going to be a year of seeing what you have in development. 2019, mm-hmm. more development, re- retooling, stuff like that. Maybe make the playoffs, but you're closer. Fingers crossed. 2020, yeah. so a year out from Belmont, I think you're back to the playoffs at that point. Maybe not like a Stanley Cup yes. contender, but I think you're. it's definitely fair expectations to assume they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, And then once you absolutely. get into that fourth year where 2021 is, you're hoping, I'm not saying that they necessarily are going to be, but you're hoping with Lamarilla, with Trotz, and the direction they're going, that you are now ready to compete for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, and that's and players are going to respond to that. Again, it's in New York. It's in an area that you're not bombarded or harassed by a million media outlets. It's a nice place to live. And again, you're in New York. Like players like being in big markets, but they don't always necessarily feel like they want to be like they uh, are are in a big market. So they they like the big market appeal, but to be able to escape when they need to. And Long Island is yeah. perfect for that. I know I don't live there, but I know like that's the case. Especially like where I am and where the team is in Nassau County, like it could be a ten-minute drive to the practice facility, probably depending on where you live, twenty minutes to the arena, and then if you hop on a train, it's a half hour into the city. That's right, and you also have to factor. Also, my French is coming out there. You also have to factor in the management that's in place. They have a top-notch coach already behind the bench, who's got a Stanley Cup ring. They have a guy upstairs who's got multiple Stanley Cup rings and is in the Hall of Fame for doing exactly what he's supposed to do. That resonates. And they're bringing in the best goalie d- d- developer in the NHL as their director of goaltending. Who else are they going to bring in as top minds? Like, their scouting staff has to be pretty good. They got a cap guy now. They have a cap guy. Hey. When's the last time we had one of those? I couldn't tell you. Exactly. I don't think we ever did. Uh, and, and judging, like, I, I read the Arthur Staple piece today about uh, the, the Q&A that he had with Barry Trotz, and the analytics conversation that they were having 
Sure, they're not math wizards and math geniuses, but they're talking about Corsi. They're talking about um, shooting rates and, and shooting percentages and when you should take it and when you shouldn't. I'd rather have 40 or sorry, one 40 percent chance than 41 percent chance. This is what Trotz was saying. That's some smart stuff that translates seems like a completely different philosophy than Wade had because they were putting up a bunch bunch of shots and a bunch of offense, whereas Trotz is like, all right, maybe we're not going to shoot. 30, 40 times a game, but it's going to be more quality chances. Yes. Um, All of that, all of that together, everything we just talked about factors in, in one way or another. They also have owners who are going to pay, right? Like they're at the cap. They're not, well, sorry, right now they aren't. They have $10.5 million left. But if they had signed Tavares, they wouldn't have that money. That'd be gone. So like, they're 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 going to spend this. This ownership group is spending. Yeah, like on right players. now, they're probably closer to the cap floor or closer to the bottom of the league in cap. But yeah, you know that they are willing to spend, and this ownership will do whatever it takes. Yeah, they're going to spend. They spent on trots. When's the last time the Islanders spent Never. on a coach? Al Arbor, maybe. Like they're going to spend. They've done it. They're doing it. It's going to happen. So. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that in three years the Islanders will be a destination. And if Craig Custance runs that poll of of players and their no move clauses, like what teams usually end up on a no move clause, the Islanders won't be so far down below the li- at the no, bottom. No, I of the definitely list. don't think so. Once you figure out like your core of guys, then you figure out okay, they're gonna have a place to play. You got a quality coach, a quality GM, like that. That that it starts to add up. Players are going to want to play here. And I, I know you don't build a team through free agency, but it helps to add those key pieces, right? Those few little players. You add one free agent here and one free agent there just to plug in the holes. But when you get to to take your pick out of the free agents, that's when you can pick out the quality that you want. You get first dibs. You can attract the, the names that you want to attract. And you don't have to give <laughs> Andrew Ladd seven years at $38.5 million with a no move, a no trade, and a 15-team no trade list. What the heck is that? Ugh, it's like the second week in a row I bring it up. It makes me so mad. 15-team no trade list for Andrew Ladd. Unbelievable. Bu- this I didn't realize, and you wrote it yesterday, I think. Your boy Ryan Ellis, he's a much better player than Andrew yes. Ladd, and he doesn't have any of that trade protection. None. Look at look at the National Predators lineup. Only one player has as any trade protection, and that's Pecorine. Okay, and he's doing a new deal pretty soon, right? He just signed one this oh, okay. year. So they, they just gave him one. Probably to be like, yes, you can end your career as a Predator. I, I think that's the only reason they gave it to him. Don't worry. You're going to end your career as a predator. You don't believe us? Fine. Here you go. Here's a no move. I'm sure that's the only reason. Because like P.K. Subban had one when he was in Montreal on his deal. But when he came over to Nashville, they said, net now, we're not taking that no move. And it got nixed. So they could potentially move him even if they wanted to. I don't think they would, but you could. That's the thing. Nashville likes having that that flexibility to move wherever they want, like a Shea Weber. And Ryan Ellis is like, that's fine. I'll stay here as long as you want me to stay. I have faith that I will stay here until I, I don't need to anymore. But the Islanders, they're just like, who wants a no move? They're Oprah with their no move or no, no or trade protections. It's insane. Insane. But three years, destination, the Islanders, ship it. I agree with you, man. I definitely do. 
want to talk about this year now? I know we did a little bit of talking about the future, but this year specifically. Yes. Let's talk about some players. Absolutely. We came up with a list of five who we think could potentially bounce back in 2018, 2019. So you want to pull up the list and read off who we have? Yeah. So we have Anthony Bovillier, Josh Hosang, Casey Sezikis, Robin Leonard, and Nick Letty as our five. All right, let's start with the top. We had Bo to start. Bo to start. Yeah. It's not necessarily a bounce back with Bo. It's more of a continuation. Don't call it a comeback. I just wanted to say that. that <laughs> it's just more of a continuation of the second half of last year. Yes. Because like you look at his, but he put up 34 points last season, which sounds pretty good, but he was on pace at the end for 60 points. Yeah, he put up 36 points, 21 goals, 15 assists last year. You know, that's an improvement of 12 points from the previous year, but he played five games more. He put up another 12 points, though, so, like, that's pretty darn good. But that's how good he was at the end of the year. He, the last six games, he put up five goals. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, he definitely seemed to get that scoring knack, and I don't know if he is going to be playing with Barzell or not. That seemed to help him a little bit last year. I do think he is going to continue to grow, especially under trots. I do feel a lot more comfortable in player development with this new regime, which I think is going to continue to be a topic of discussion on this show and the website. But I I expect him, I don't want to use the word bounce back, but I expect him to continue to play well. I don't know if 60 is going to happen this year, but I would go as far as 50. Yeah, I think that's a fair expectation for him to hit up 50 points next year. Uh, and then we leave ourselves open to the possibility of more. Right. I think that's absolutely fair. And that that's that's a lot. That's still a lot. 50 points is still a lot of points. Yes, but even... But if he's... I was going to say, even go. if he's on the top line, I'll still take uh, 50 points because you're still getting, uh, you know, Barzal with hopefully a point per game and Eberle should be putting up 55-60 also. Yeah, well, again, see, like, Everly played all year with, with Barzal last year. Wait a minute, all year. Let's say seven-eighths of the year with Barzal, and he only put up 59 points. Only. That's a lot, but considering he played with the guy who put up 85 points, you can see the, the disparity there. They, it's not going to be one for one, right? Every point Barzal puts, Everly isn't putting up. Right, and so you're going to see a little bit of a drop-off there, but if even... Like I'm saying, like yeah. that line could still be productive. Let's just throw numbers out there. If Absolutely. It's, uh, 50 for Bo... 85 for Barzal again, and then 64 Everly. That's still an extremely productive top line. That's a great top line. If you're getting that from the second line as well, oh, perfect. That's a great one too. And then we have our, 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 our accountable bottom six. Amazing. Amazing. Let's just hope the defense can keep the pucks out of the net. Yeah, that's going to be the biggest question mark for 2018-19. Uh, Definitely. Big time. Um, so next was Jose. Jose. All right. The reason why I put him on the list was because last year, obviously, he didn't play that much in the NHL, then was banished to the cold depths of Bridgeport, Connecticut. I don't necessarily think he makes his team out of camp, but oh, but it can still be a successful bounce back year if he plays well in camp and is playing well in the AHL and shows positive attitudes okay so you're doing a bounce back not necessarily on the stats sheet but a bounce back in terms of his relationship with the organization okay 
Sure, absolutely. If they can both get in line and in sync, um, that's perfect. Maybe we should just they should listen to in sync. Maybe that'll help sync them up. You're so lame, dad jokes. You know, they, they, they don't have to say bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye bye. That's all I remember. That's all I know about them. Was that the was that the video where they were uh, puppets in the toy store? Could have been. No, I don't. I don't know. I all I remember is that stupid video of their puppets in the toy store. And then I don't. I don't know if it was that one. <laughs> Backstreet Boys for life. Backstreet Boys for life. In sync with garbage. Oh. Uh, anyways, so Josh was saying yes. His relationship with the organization needs to change. It needs to become more positive. Uh, and I think they're taking strides with that. Uh, I think that's helping the things that Barry Trotz is saying is clearly on point with what we all feel that Joshua saying needs to play his game. His strengths are his strengths. You're not going to, you can teach him some defense, but you're not going to teach him defense overnight. That's just not going to no, happen. I think it's fine to say that expectations change on both sides. Yeah. But maybe if, if yes. Hosang sees a give and take relationship, you might be willing to put in that extra work and work on his game. So, that's right. I, I, that's why I had him on the list, and I do think he ends up playing at some point this year, especially if there's like an injury halfway through. I'm I'm really feeling he makes it out of camp. I okay. really do. I would love it. I feel he makes it out of camp. That would be great. I don't know how that works with the roster, but I, th- I think he makes it out of camp. Hopefully you're right, Mitch. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, who is third on our list? Casey Sezikis. Yeah, so... Uh, I think that's clear, right? Like why he's on yeah, the list. Casey hasn't really been the same since Martin left. And maybe with Martin coming back, you can get him back to his his old way. I know that they're all getting older, both he, Martin, and Cal. But I think that's why they brought Martin back. They're trying to rejuvenate that fourth line, which was the best in the league for a couple of years. Now, see, you say that he wasn't good with, with, with Martin or when Martin left. And I don't agree. He put up 25 points in 59 games. He had 29 points in 80 games when Martin was here, the last year Martin was here. And that was his best, his being Casey Zizekas' best year. He was on pace for 36 points in the first year since after Matt Martin left. Zizekas still has it. He's still got it. Last year was a bad year. Seven goals, 10 assists for 17 points in 64 games. That's not good for Casey Zizekas. But he was busted up because of injury, right? His wrist was injured for a while, and then I think he re-aggravated it, and then he had to sit it again near the end of the year. He's had seven months to rehabilitate over the court, but by the time the season starts on October, he should be ready to go. And if he's ready to go, and he's, like you said, got Matt Martin on his line and Cal Clutterbuck, and they could get back to what where they were in 15-16, ooh, baby, that's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I hope so. I think it's the main thing with him is staying healthy, right? Yes. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. He has played 80 games twice in his career, 70 and 14-15. Then last year was 64, the year before that, 59. So the last couple of years especially, he's been banged up. So big thing yeah. for him is health. True. You're absolutely right. He's got to stay healthy. Um, that's going to be hard with the type of game he plays. Uh, but as long as he's on the ice for 70 games, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. I think he could still be as productive as, as he ever was. And, and listen, Matt Martin can still be as productive as he ever was as well. Right? Like we forget that, yeah, he was benched a lot in Toronto, but he was still productive. He was on pace for a career year as well 
if I'm not mistaken. Let me look up his stats, and you can hear my terrible I think mouse. He played 50 yeah. games, right? Something like that. He played 50 games, put up 12 points. And if I remember my math correctly, I think that was on pace for 22 points. I'm just doing the math here. Times 82 is up on pace for 20 points. 19.68, which would be a career year for him. Yeah, if you could get Matt Martin at 20 points, that's that's extremely impressive because I think his career high is 19, right? That's so. right. I mean, like I said, main thing for Sezikis is staying healthy and be a productive bottom six forward because last year the Islanders' bottom six was very bad. <laughs> was the bottom. <laughs> was the bottom. <laughs> oh, dad jokes all over the place. Who's fourth for us here tonight? Fourth was Robin Leonard. So Robin Leonard last year in Buffalo had a bit of a down year. I'm <laughs> I'm going to pull say. up his numbers now. I think it was a 301 goals against average and yes, and a 902 save percentage. Yeah. That's still okay. It's better than the goalies it we was, had, but the two years prior he had a 920 save percentage and a 924. So the Islanders are hoping he gets back to that point. I definitely think he improves over the 908 and 301. I think he probably checks in somewhere around, I'll say 915 and 2.7 goals against. Yeah, I think his goals against are going to be a bit higher. Um, But I I can see him being above the 912. I think that's exactly what I wrote this year in his over-under. He's gonna hit a nine, he's gonna hit over nine twelve. That's that's average goaltending from last season, right? In terms of save so. percentage. Yeah. So I think the average was nine twelve and a two seventy eight goals against average. I think he's right there, perfectly average. Uh, maybe a little bit higher in terms of the save percentage department. But that's all the Islanders need. They didn't get that last year. They need just average goaltending, and they'll be okay. Again, we're not expecting them to make the playoffs. They probably can if they have above average goalie. Or goaltending, and 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 that top six is still good, uh, but if they just have regular average goaltending, then they'll be okay. They're they're going to be a lot more respectable if they can come in and play. We are an average NHL team. We get it, but we're going to get better from here. Our baseline is average. We're not below average. We're not terrible. We're just average. That's that's great as a baseline to start building from there. That's perfect. That's exactly yeah, like, what I don't you think want. you're bottoming you out. You start from the doldrums. No, exactly. I th- you start from the doldrums, you've got a lot of work to do. If you're average, you're just adding a little piece here or there. That's it. Right, and I think Leonard could do that because here's, here's the thing. Halak and Grice was arguably the worst goalie tandem in the league last year. I don't even think it's arguable. I think you're absolutely so, right on it, that. I don't know who I, would argue that. I can't that. think of a tandem that was worse. Yeah. So even if you're the 20th best tandem in the league, the Islanders are in better shape just because of that. Instead of having mm-hmm. the 31st ranked. Like how many That's right. How many more points does that add to the I know they missed by what was it 17 points last year? Like how many more points does a, an average goaltending add to the, to the, the Islanders Eight totals? 8 to 12? Maybe. Yeah. That makes it a lot closer. That's a lot closer. Maybe even more because they're getting decent protection at the back and that that terrible um, defensive shift that they have. No, I'm, not, I'm talking baseball here. Um, the defensive strategy that they've got going on uh, maybe doesn't look so bad. 
Baby. Yeah, maybe they could have hit it if they had average goaltending. Like, let's say you just throw them right in at 15 or 16. Maybe they could have hit their defensive struggles. But I, I think the, one of the things I'm more confident this year, and look, I still don't think they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to have to convince me otherwise early on in the season by how they're playing. But I think they will be more fundamentally sound. I know I've said that on the show before. Mm. I just think they'll look better, like a more fluid product. They might not win as much, but they will look the part at least. Yes, they'll look the part. That's the thing. They will look like they belong. And last year they didn't. That's a huge thing. And I know the last guy we're going to talk about is Nick Letty. Uh, We could probably spend a whole another hour talking about the plus minus stat, but we don't really think that it (laughs) is really a good evaluation tool. But let's use that number, negative 42 or a minus 42. It looks bad. I get it. It, it. And it does. It really does. There's, there's no... You can't say, well, it actually doesn't look that bad. No. No, it does. It's a minus uh, 42. Optics-wise, it's not good. It's not good. It doesn't look good. Um, the team was garbage defensively. That's what that plus minus shows you. It proves to you that the guy who spent the most time on the ice defensively wasn't very good because the team defensively were garbage. Right. That's what it proves to you. So is he going to be better next year? Absolutely. Just because the team is going to be better defensively. Right. And like offensive production wise, he put up 42 points, 10 goals, 32 assists. He's probably somewhere in that same range. He has, let's see, since coming to the Islanders, 37, 40, 46, and 42. So you could probably pencil him in for high 30s, low 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Between 35 and 45 points, I'd say, I think is fair. Uh, and that, that's, that's. Just assuming he doesn't change anything but the defensive system that doesn't impact him. Let's assume he doesn't. It does not impact him offensively. If it does impact him offensively in a positive way, you're looking at a fifty, sixty point player easily. Maybe. Right. The we thought it was going to happen last year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the whole Letty for Norris thing that lasted a month, not even like a week. The end of November, everyone was talking about that, and then it went... Well, you were riding high, because I know you predicted that before the season started. I did. I was riding <laughs> so high. I was going to make that bet. I was like, yes, do it. And then I forgot, and then it started tanking, and then I'm, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I would have lost money yeah, on that. that definitely would have been an L for you. Although, to be fair, like it's not like I win a lot. No, so. most, most cases you're not. Uh, like Just <laughs> in gambling in, in general, like listen, if you're thinking about getting into it, like... You're probably not going to win. No, my soccer betting this weekend did not go well, so yay to me. Uh, So those are our five who we think are going to improve. I think those are the five that make the most sense. Maybe you could throw in Andrew Ladd in there, but I'm not necessarily counting on that. Maybe throw in Clutterbuck, but I'm not necessarily counting on him either. Yeah. We're really not only bringing up players that we think we're going to bounce back, but they're going to bounce back to have a positive impact on the team that they're going to have a bigger impact. Like, if Cal Clutterback has a really good year, that's not going to change much. If Casey Zekas has a really good year, that's going to change a lot. If Josh Hosang has a really good year, that changes a lot because you're bringing in a third-line winger who brings in an offensive impact that the Islanders just didn't have and on paper still don't have. Let me throw this in here, a little Josh Hosang propaganda. Over the course of his parts of two years... Yep. He is on pace for, if he played a full 82-game season, 45 points. That's okay. You throw that in on the 45 points on the third line? Yeah, well, we, yeah, that's a Brock Nelson, though. 
right? Okay, but you can't just say like, oh, 45 points bad. No, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's good. I'll take it. But I'd expect more in a guy who's that who's that electric. I want more out of him. I'm I'm seeing him as a 60-point player. I agree with you, but this is just a 40-game sample size. True. So I'm You're saying right. that there's You're room right. for it's improvement. A, it's a, a small saying sample. Like, Oh, he was he was bad, but he was still on pace for forty five points. So if he actually develops and is good, True. then he's putting up fifty, sixty points. There you go. Okay, you got me there. There we go. I had to sell you, but it ended up working out. <laughs> Just like usual. <laughs> Beautiful. Mitch, wanna get into this next topic? I think you'll find it a little bit interesting. Another trip down memory lane here. Yeah, we've done the future, we've done the present, and now we're going into the past. You see how that worked out? Yeah, we out? did a little reverse on you. So someone put together, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. I'm going to find it right now. It was somebody, Jeff Villetti? <laughs> I saw your eyes like, oh, God, no. <laughs> so he came up with an all-star team lineup of guys that Mike Milbury traded. Mitch, it, it's rough. We knew he was one of the worst executives of all time. When I start reading out this lineup, like, could you imagine if this team just played together? Like, this was the lineup they were rolling out every night. Uh, do you want to hear the lines? I've got, I've got them on here. I even got the player that they traded for. Oh, so who that? Like, so the, the, the list here is that players that Mike Milbury traded away to other teams. And I have who's who, what player came back in that trade. That's the worst All right, part. So the first, let's start with the top line then and work our way down. Yeah. So we got Wendell Clark, Jason Spezza, and Todd Bertuzzi on the first line. It looks like a good first line when they're all in their prime. Obviously, it doesn't all line up necessarily years-wise, but it's just the names. Just go with the names, people. Don't think, well, in 1999, Jason Spezza wouldn't have even been on the team because he wasn't drafted till 2000. Yeah, yeah, we get it. Just yeah. think of the name. That's it. Um, that's a great first line. Um, Milbury traded to acquire Clark for Lamarillo. Um, I'm going to say Lamarillo because I wrote Lou here. Uh, Roberto Luongo, Spezza for Yashin, Bertuzzi for Linden. So he got Luongo, Yashin, Linden. Looks pretty good, except you will find out later what happens with Luongo and Linden. Yes, you will, because their names are coming up, so just hold on. Exactly. Line two, I like this line a lot. Uh, Steve Thomas, Michael Pekka, and Ziggy Palfi. That's a fantastic line. Ziggy Palfi's arguably top line player, but I, I, I get, I get the mix here. I get it. That's fine. So for Steve Thomas, they brought in Claude Lemieux, <laughs> Mike Pekka. They brought in Mike York. Oh boy, and Ziggy Palfi. I wrote Tyler Pyatt because it was a bunch of players, and Tyler Pyatt was like a first round pick. Okay, or is it Tom Pyatt? I don't know. Pyatt. Pyatt. Either one. T. Pyatt. He was a first-round pick. T. Pyatt. I think it was Tom, now that I say it, but I, I, I didn't write out the first name because I ran out of room on my first line here. So already, you can see there's a quite a big gap of quality there between Thomas, Pekka, Palfi for Lemieux, York, and Pyatt. And by Lemieux, we're talking Chloe, Turtle, Lemieux. <laughs> line number three, Mitch. You ready for this one? Uh. Dumont, Jokinen, and Sierkowski. Yeah, an okay line. It's an okay line, right? For a third line, For a third it's a line, good line. Not... Yeah. So what the Isles brought back was uh, Nabokov, the center, not the goalie from Chicago. They brought in Mark Parrish for Ole Jokinen. That's pretty good. Yeah. Parrish worked out for sure. 
Uh, and they brought in Aaron Ashen for Sirkowski. Yeah. Eh. Okay, okay, but like, Sirkowski eh, wasn't great anyways. He was okay. Uh, yeah, but you probably would rather Sirkowski, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, fair enough. And then fourth line, we have Tim Connolly, Trevor Linden, and Robert Reichel. This gets okay. bad. This gets real bad. No, not super bad, but for Tim Connolly, they got the rights to Michael Pekka, so that could have worked out terribly for them. Pekka could have been like, no, I'm not signing. Yeah. Peace. For Linden, they traded him to Montreal and got uh, Branislav Meze. No. Remember him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Robert Reichel, they got Isbister from, I guess, Phoenix at the time, who was okay, but I think you'd rather, rather Robert yeah. Reichel. So there you go. So those are your four Ooh. lines. And now we have the D pairings too. It's not just a forward group. No, no, no. We got D pairings and goalies too. Don't you worry. The whole nine yards. All right, top pair of Redden and Chara. Yeah. So Redden, they traded to Toronto or they traded to acquire Brian Burrard, um, who we'll <laughs> see later on the list. Uh, Chara, the Yashin trade. So uh, nice. Again, Yashin, great, but you already lost your top line center and your top left or your right D already for Yashin, and you're in one center. So, mm, not good. Pairing two is McCabe and Berard. Mm -hmm. So you traded Brian McCabe to Vancouver to acquire Trevor Linden, who you later got rid of for Branislav Meze, so good job. Um, Berard left so you can get Felix the Cat Potve. Awful. Yep. Not good. Not good. This is a Calder winner. Calder winning defenseman for Felix the Cat Potve. <laughs> oh, boy. And then bottom pair is Brewer and Nima. Uh This one was okay, I guess, because the Isles acquired uh, Roman Hammerlick from Edmonton for Brewer. That wasn't okay. terrible. Hamlet was okay. Uh, Jan Ninema for, I forget his first name, but Erskine from Dallas. That wasn't a, a great trade, but Ninema was near the end anyways. Right. He won his cup, though. Ninema got his cup. Yeah, so. good, for, good for him. Him. <laughs> and then you have uh, Roberto Longo and Chris Osgood as your goalies. Uh, obviously, Longo we brought in to get Mark Parrish, so that was good. Except that we traded Ole Jokinen and Roberto Longo for Mark Parrish and, and pieces, but... Parrish was the key out of that trade. And Osgood we traded for, I forget what this guy's first name is. I'm going to say Jean Papineau from St. Louis. I don't eh. remember. I don't think it was Jean. It's something Papineau. I didn't, again, I didn't write down the first names. So there you go. Uh, not good. In case you were wondering, Mike Bilberry, not a good GM. <laughs> no, not a good GM. Like there's a, lot, there's a lot of quality in that lineup, and there's not a lot of quality coming back. Uh, Ugh. Just a little... I can't wait till the Gar Snow one comes out. John Tavares. Does that count? No, because he didn't trade him. That's true. Could have. Could have. Probably should have. It always goes back to him, doesn't it? Of course. That's all we really remember. It's 12 years of that guy. Anyway. Want to get into the social social stuff? Sure. What did you have to bring to the table for the social today? Um, all I really had was um, the Arthur Staple article, uh, the Q&A with Barry Trotz. I really wanted to bring in this one passage because it's absolutely perfect. Okay. Me. Um, so this is Barry Trotz to, uh, to Arthur about um, team structure and, and what they can do going forward. 
And uh, this team can score with John Tavares or without John Tavares. The area it's failed in maybe the last year and a half is on the defensive end. Just looking at the trends over the last four years, it's clear that an area we need to fix. The great thing about the game, one of the hardest things to do in this league is create offense and score goals. This team has been able to do that in the last four years. One of the easiest things to correct if there's a commitment and buy-in, is keeping the puck out of your net. This is perfect. This is exactly what we want. We can score goals. Don't worry, guys. Scoring goals, that's the hard thing. You can do that already. We can fix the defense. That's easy to fix. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. That's what we all want to hear. The one thing that we're terrible at, we can fix that easy as long as everyone buys in. So if they don't, it's their fault. That piece was really reassuring. That made me feel good today reading that. Oh, big time. That's all I had. I, that's all I had. It's a big thing. If you haven't read it throughout, go subscribe to The Athletic because it's worth it and read this piece. It's a Q&A, exclusive Q&A with Barry Trotz and Arthur Staple. We are, we are not sponsored by The Athletic. They're not paying us for advertisements. It's just, listen to me. It is, you need The Athletic. <laughs> just, it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, I had two things. First was from Brian Compton. He said, from Lula Marillo, that Sorokin is in their plans for the future. Mm. Right into my veins. Are you buying in? Give me that. Yeah, why not? What would I have to like? Why wouldn't I? I don't know. I'm not quite there yet. I'm like I'm not sold. Like yes, he's coming, and let us make the room for him. But they're uh, they're operating under the assumption that he could potentially come over, and they're going to try to get him to come over. Great. It doesn't work. It again. It's on him. If if he does, even better. I don't know. It's it's a win win for me. I think. Is it one more year or two more years in the KHL that he's under contract for? Doesn't matter. He could just buy himself out if he really wants to. Okay. I, I right. I guess. Doesn't matter. I think he's got two more years, but don't don't quote me on that. I, I'm he, not. Does he have the money sure to buy himself out? Uh, if he doesn't, the Islanders probably do. I guess you're right. I, I again, I don't know the legalities of the situation. If if you can do that, but I'm pretty sure you can. We need to get like some NHL legal analyst on our show for every week who just sits there with like <laughs> muted, and then when we say stuff talking out of our butt, he just pops in. Yeah, They're just popping in the ear. I think you can. I, and I'm all I'm I'm basing this off of players usually buy out their 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 contracts, and it's it's big money. Um, but there's also other sports who do the same thing. Listen, there's um, a keeper that just signed for Chelsea uh, from, I forget, is it Sevilla? Anyways, he bought himself out for $71 million. Wow. He bought out his contract. He doesn't have $71 million. Chelsea gave him the $71 million. Say, here's your transfer fee. Now come play for us. That's it. Okay. So I, I know it's not the same sport and doesn't it may not necessarily work exactly the same, but I'm pretty sure it works kind of similar to that. There was a team confront him the money, although I'm not 100 percent on that. Maybe there's something there because then it come out this year that he wanted no part of Garth Snow. Yep, that's right. Interesting. And he ain't there no more. And guess who's the goalie coach? Our goalie. Uh, whisperer now, or director of goaltending, I should say. It's Mitch Korn. It's not Freddie Brathwaite that's in charge of his development. It's Mitch Korn. Hashik. Uh, didn't he work with, um, who's the, the Russian goalie in, in Washington? Ole the goalie. Oh, yeah. I guess he did, right? Yeah. 
Uh, oh, maybe not. I don't think Trotz is there then. Uh, maybe. Probably not. Let's just assume not. Let's Peck, take a it's, list. I know it's Pecorino so, and Braden Holpe. Yeah, Rene, Holpe, Hasek. Like, these are big-name goalies. These are Vezina-winning goalies. That's huge. Why wouldn't you want to come play for this guy? Good point. Mitch. And Lula Morello. Like, again, like, the, the, the depth of... In this organization, in terms of management, is there to appease or to appeal to players like Sorokin, who were, were kind of hesitant before. You're right. I I like it. You sold me. I love it. Uh, guess there guess who's going to be yes. in training camp next year? Hila Sorokin, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yes. I'm in. And then my last thing that I had, the Islanders are only playing one national game, and here's my take for it. Mm. That's a good thing. Oh, you okay. You should not want the national games because our announcing crew does a good job. You don't have to That's national true. broadcasts always think no matter what sport it is. Cause they don't know the team as much as your announcers do. So you always get very generic broadcasts. So you're getting a better broadcast with Brendan and Butchie and it doesn't, it's not something to get worked over about. Let them overlook the Islanders forever. Just roll with the underdog mentality. It's better. Yeah. I'm fine with a Homer cast. And even then, I wouldn't necessarily call uh, Brendan, Butchie, and Shannon Homers. Probably Butchie a little bit, but he's got ties to the team. But the other two, no, they're just doing their job. And and they're doing a fine job of it. So I'm I'm okay with it. It's one more than last year, right? They had no national coverage last year. Was it really none? I, I, I remember seeing a graph on Reddit, and I think it said none. It went from one to none, six and five over the last four years. I'm pretty sure. I th- but then again, we all know how my memory works. I'm trying to remember. I think you're, I think you're right there. I don't think they had a, a, a national game last year. They may, they may have. I may be proven wrong, but I was, I'm 90% sure that they did not last We're year. We're better off season. that way. That was my take. Yeah. Who needs to see Mike Bilmbury on TV talking about the Islanders again? Pass, hard pass. Exactly. Oh, boy. Mitch, that, that's going to put a wrap on our one-year anniversary podcast. That's a full year, buddy. Cheers to you. That's about as good as it gets with this empty beer. It's half of it's <laughs> on the floor, I'm sure. That was, to start off the show, did it go up your nose or did it just bubble up to your nose? Oh, it went <laughs> up my nose. There is beer in my nose currently. It's It's all dry and sugary. It's right up in there. I'm gonna have to snort some water to clear I, that out. I wish out. this was a visual podcast, yeah. just because if if you, the listener, saw that, that was what a way to start a show. So I saw my wife do the same thing yesterday. She took a beer, and again, it did the same thing. She just kind of like boop, popped it in, and you know, tried to chug, chugging it back. And I was going, "Oh, okay, so that's how you do it." And so that's what I tried to do today, and it just <laughs> exploded all over my face. Stupid beer. Poor guy. So while Mitch is cleaning himself up still an hour later, let's do some plugs and some PSAs. So first, as always, if you're listening to this show wherever, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps us with our searchability, so we appreciate that. He's wiping off his camera. I don't know if he was joking, but that was still really funny. I was hoping to make (laughs) you laugh. Yes. (laughs) So make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Again, it really helps with our searchability, and we appreciate that. And we know we lost uh, another Islanders podcast, sadly, this week. So if, if you're new. Well, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not, but probably, I guess. But Hopefully not. Hopefully not. We're not rooting for anybody to, you know, not do the show, shows anymore. 
the more coverage the Islanders get. The exactly. Better, right? So, but if you are new to the show, I guess is what I'm saying. Make sure to subscribe so you're yes. getting us every week. You could also follow us on Twitter at Eyes and Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at T L O Mitch. Please also give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Of course, visit the website eyesonisles.com or download our app available on iPhone or Android to get push notifications for every time we publish an article. You can read all the stuff in there too. It's good stuff. That's it, Mitch. Yeah, it's great. I one year in the books. One more year, and then years and years and years from there. Big things are coming, buddy. Big, Big things, things are, coming. are coming. We want you along for the ride. So thank you for tuning in to episode number 52. We'll talk to you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.